Welcome back to the Fast Break, episode 142. And today we're going to be going over the co- all the coaching and front office moves that happened in the month of June. So, and I say we begin. Let's start with the Mavericks, as they had uh, two pretty big moves. Obviously, uh, uh, Rick Carlisle stepped down. This isn't on his own. Um, they hired Jason Kidd. And they're a GM of 20-plus years who's been with Mark Cuban for a long time. Also, um, they mutually agreed to part ways. So what are your uh, reactions to the change in leadership in Dallas? Well, there's a lot of things happening here, obviously. I think there there was some rumors coming around in the Mavs front office where they were making questionable hires, people that they were hiring because they had – personal relationships and people were getting hired for roles that didn't really have titles, just in advisory roles. And Luca was uh, confused with what was happening. So the, the shook up came just kind of abruptly, a lot of things happening. I mean, the first thing we can talk about here, I guess, is Rick Carlisle. I got the news uh, when I was with you at one of our basketball scrimmages and I was, I was pretty confused. I didn't really personally understand, but you, you had more of a, thought that that he just needed a change of scenery although this is a team that has a bright future and he's spent most of his career with the Mavericks that maybe he just uh wanted to switch things up yeah definitely um he's obviously been there for 13 years won a title and uh there there are rumors I'm not sure the the truth to this that he and Luca weren't always on the same page but you know I think with a young superstar that they've been bounced in the first round by the same team uh two consecutive years and uh, I think it was good for both sides that time to make a change and bring in maybe a, a newer mind or someone that can connect with Luca maybe a little bit better. So I think it makes sense for both sides. And uh, to comment on what uh, the front office uh, remarks you made about how they've been assigning some people to questionable roles, there's also some news that um, people with analytics backgrounds opposed to more old school, traditional basketball scouting backgrounds have been making some of the important decisions in the front office. Uh, and that's been angering some people that are more old school minded within Dallas. So we'll see what, what direction they go. I think they're still yet to announce their new GM. We'll see if they go uh, analytic route or traditional basketball route. Yeah. I mean, Mark Cuban hired Bob Bulgaris, who is literally a professional gambler who does his stuff based on, uh, analytics. He got famous for that, picking games through his analytics-based approach and winning a lot of money. But and he he was one of the people who recently got fired in one of these anonymous roles that was kind of behind the scenes. But the thing that really uh, I'm confused by is the Mavs hiring Jason Kidd, who's obviously a former player. But if I I wasn't alive or I was alive, but I was not following the NBA world when he played there. Uh, but they did not have a mutual parting of ways. He kind of ditched them and they didn't, they didn't have a, he didn't even have a great time with them. So I, I don't understand how, I guess their relationship is fine now, but he's obviously also had some uh, troubles in the news with assault and stuff like that. And I, I don't, it just seems like there's too many variables here that I, he doesn't really make sense to me. I guess you want the connection from, maybe from your championship team, but I'm not sure if this is the right time. I don't think Luca really cares that he's a former player at this point. I think it, there's other options that would have been better, but I'm not uh, sure what you think. 
Yeah, I actually completely agree. He's been a head coach in the past, too, and uh, quite frankly failed at that twice uh, after a season in Brooklyn. The, he was the first player ever to retire and become a head coach uh, immediately the first year after he retired. Didn't do well with that Brooklyn uh, super team with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, etc., and then got traded as a head coach of the Bucks and uh, didn't do well with those young Giannis teams and been an assistant ever since. I'm just not sure, like you said, the timing of this is, is right. Um, where Dallas, they don't start winning soon and getting to the conference finals, NBA finals. Uh, Luka could want out and there could be a major overhaul in their organization. I mean, this seems like the perfect spot for anyone. You have a young star who is still growing and there's no, con- I mean, other than Perzingis, it's pretty much open for Luka to do whatever he wants. There's plenty of moves to be made and you hire the failed head coach whose only connection is breaking up with the team 10 years ago. I just, I just don't understand it, but who knows? I mean, it could work. There's obviously been some recent uh, players turned coaches that have worked out, notably Steve Nash, which uh, Nets debut seemed to be decent. I mean, he's not getting fired anytime soon, but I, I don't know. It just was very questionable to me. I didn't think – I mean, obviously it was Rick Carlisle's decision to leave, but I didn't think there was any huge problems there. It seemed like Doncic was seeming to blossom. But, yeah, I mean, the Mavs have a lot of decisions coming up, both personnel-wise, and obviously they still have not made a decision on their GM yet. So, yeah, we'll just have to yep. wait. Guess we'll transition now with their former coach, Rick Carlisle. Returning to coach the Pacers, uh, he previously coached them from 04 to 08. And I think this is a good move for both sides. The Pacers uh, fired first-year head coach Nate Bjorkman. Uh, they, just need, they need an established winner, a guy who he obviously knows in the end. He's been the head coach there before. A team without a really, uh, without a real superstar, but a very deep team. I think this this works all, all, all around for, for both parties. Well, I cannot allow you to forget that about two months into the season, we did our uh, early award predictions, and you had Bjorkman as your coach of the year. Uh, not, a, not a great pick there. I did. The team seemed to fall apart uh, simply because of his terrible coaching. Uh, so I'm not sure how if he even returns in the league after that debut. Pretty terrible. Um, but I, I think that Rick Carl is obviously a great hire, but I don't know why he choose, chose the Pacers. I mean, they've been stuck in the middle of the road for – I mean, I said this to you the other day, and you're like, they made the Eastern Conference Finals or whatever. But if you look at this team, like they, they don't have an, any ability to immediately vault up the rankings. I, I, he's going to win games. He's not getting fired. I mean, Bjorken did, but he failed about as miserably as he could with his assistant coaches turning against him. But I – I don't know. They're just so mediocre. They, they, they have an all-star. They have multiple players that have promise. But then every year, like, you're not putting the uh, pasters in any type, type of title contention. So, I don't know. We'll see what they can do. But I certainly will not be putting them very high in my preseason power rankings. Your hatred for Nate Bjorkman is only matched with my hatred for Ben Simmons. I've uh, somewhat actually turned. You'll have to listen to the episode I did with Chase. I'm starting to let up on that. I fear that I was uh, only supporting him in order to debate with you, but uh, that may be a debate we'll have to uh, continue. Well, it would be quite hard to defend him after that uh, playoff series, but that's, uh, hey, that's for another episode. I'm still trying to defend Gobert, so we'll see what happens there. Gobert was better than Simmons, but that's it's hard to do worse than Simmons did, not taking a shot in the fourth quarter of like five straight games. Um, but I guess, yeah, we'll go to your, we'll go to your jazz now. 
Uh, you mentioned yesterday their GM stepped down to be the uh, advisor to the owner. You know more about the story than I do, so I'll let you, I'll let, I will let you take it. I, I've actually done a bit of research here. I mean, Dennis Lindsay is, was an amazing G, GM. He not only hired Quinn Snyder, but he made the moves. He didn't even draft Mitchell and Gobert necessarily. He actually made trades with both of them with the Nuggets to get them. He's made the move to get Mike Conley, move them here. But he said a lot about just wanting to uh, help on his personal life, spend more time with his family, stuff like that. And he steps down to the role of, owner advisor or something which is another one of these like artificial roles where I don't really know if it means anything obviously Ryan Smith uh, is going to have a big decision this season with the luxury tax he's mentioned in the past that he's willing to help the team at whatever cost necessary quite literally because he's going to be paying the costs but I think that uh, maybe he will need some advising because we're going to need some convincing for him to pay an extra 30 million to keep Conley uh, because without him, we're falling back down to mediocrity. And uh, with him, hopefully we can contend again, although other moves are going to be made. That could be a whole episode on its own. we got to get rid of favors, in my opinion. But uh, I don't know who's going to be the new GM. There's people who can uh, step up in the organization who have been around for a long time. Uh, personally, I have my uh, hopes on Danny Ainge, although he has uh, made some moves recently with the Celtics that were not incredible. He's trying to become like Masai Ujiri, but failed on all his blockbuster trades. Uh, so yeah, the the Jazz uh, got a sh- shook, or their front office shook up. Uh, it wasn't c- catastrophic, but it wasn't necessarily good. Hopefully, Dennis Lindsay still has some kind of role in the organization. Um, obviously, uh, being a bit of a consultant with uh, Ryan Smith, we still have Dwayne Wade there, also in the ownership. So. Uh, I'm not disappointed by any means, but it should uh, have some change coming. Yeah, uh, th- let's talk about Danny Ainge. I wouldn't say he failed on his blockbuster trades, but he failed to pull the trigger. Um, they had oh, many no. options over the past. Failed with the Ky- he failed with Kyrie Irving. He failed with Gordon Hayward. He failed with... Uh, Gordon Hayward was a signing that was doomed from the start. I mean, one- after those five minutes, you knew he was never going to be the same. Well, I but, guess the, the, really the, the Jazz, the jazz so gotten, high, except for they lost him for nothing. So He should have gotten Anthony Davis, and that team would have won a title. I guarantee it. Yeah, because Anthony or, Davis. Or, or if Kyrie stays healthy, they beat LeBron in the 2018 Eastern Conference Finals, and then they beat the Warriors in that NBA Finals, too, in my opinion. Yeah, so, well, is, if that's – is that the same year – was that the year the Raptors win? That no, the- that was the year. That was the next year. But okay. I mean, back in like 2017, 18, there were so many talks about which superstar does Danny Ainge go after next, and then like to make this team the greatest team of all time. And they ended up getting none of them. And now look oh, where they're he was at. Supposed to trade for Vucevic the one year, two years before that it was Hassan Whiteside. The year after that it was oh oh Anthony Davis. Every year he's supposed to get some blockbuster center, and he hasn't signed a single one yet. Uh, but I don't care. I'm fine with it. if he wants to put the uh, Utah Jazz and rumors every offseason will give me something to worry about anyway. So, yeah, uh, I mean, he, he was supposed to get Paul George from Indiana and then from OKC didn't get him either time. So there were so many deals he could have made that never ended up happening. Okay, never but ended he up happening. also built the Celtics uh, championship team, which is was an incredible team. So, oh, yeah, I'm, I still think he's one of the best GMs probably in basketball history. Yeah, um, I'm just saying he. He, he probably should have got more than one championship to Boston. Yeah. But we, 
Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll finish up in the Eastern Conference here. We got two more, actually. Uh, not much. Kind of expected the Wizards poured away with Scott Brooks. Uh, just didn't renew his contract. Uh, I, I think this is a good move for both te- for both uh, sides, actually. Yeah, I mean, he didn't fail personally. He had a bit of relationship with Westbrook. I think that's only the re- the only reason he stayed this season. Um, he'll get another job if he wants to. But the Wizards, I don't know how appealing this job is. I was hoping to do an episode uh, last week or two weeks ago ranking the available positions. We obviously have the Wizards and the Pelicans, and we had the Mavericks and Celtics and uh, Blazers and all these teams, but the Wizards, in my opinion, was going to be near the bottom because they're locked in salary wise. Bradley Beal claims he wants to leave, but every single fan wants it. It was is coming up with mock trades. There's no clue what the ownership's plans to do, and it seems slightly hopeless. So, uh, hopefully, whoever comes in is able to fix things up. But personally, uh, I, I see them years away from contention. I completely agree because they are too good to build the draft and too bad to win now. Exactly. They are completely, even more so than Indiana, in my opinion, just stuck in the middle um, right. with nowhere to go. So I don't know who they, who wants this job, who they give it to, what their plans are. But uh, Scott Brooks is an established coach. He will get a job kind of like he could probably get Orlando if he wanted it. I mean, I mean he's never going to be an, a championship coach that you you need on, to coach your team, but he's a good enough coach to – elevate bad team to the eight seed yeah i mean it's jobs like the wizards job the magic job there's been a lot of talk of a woman coach coming to the league and i just hope that like becky hammond doesn't end up in the magic because she's going to be spending five years winning 25 games and then she's going to never get another job i think these jobs are kind of hopeless for both veteran coaches because uh, neither of those teams are going to want some old guy and also not very good for a first-time head coach. So I, it's just a tough position uh, to be in. Yeah, I was really hoping the Magic were going to hire Penny Hardaway just to show that he is not a great head coach. I mean, in the NBA, as a head coach, you don't need to recruit, which is really Penny Hardaway's only strength. You need to devise game plans, which Penny Hardaway has not been able to do at Memphis. I've already gone on rants maybe to you or to other people about yeah, why yeah. Penny Hardaway should not be an NBA coach. Um, I still but I guess would be cool, though. Yeah, I, I would like to see it just to see because he there is no chance with any – nobody has any chance to succeed in Orlando right now. They're, them and Washington are in rough yeah, spots. Yeah, yeah, um, I guess now we talked about the Celtics hiring Ime Uduka. I don't think there's much else to talk about. Uh, we talked about a lot yesterday and today. Any other thoughts on Boston? Uh, no, uh, I mentioned yesterday, Emo Doka was an assistant on the Team USA, not the Olympics team, but the team last year that lost in the, what is it, Basketball World Cup or something. Uh, both of the Celtics young stars were there, and he was an assistant coach on that team. So uh, they spent a whole summer with him, uh, and hopefully this is, I mean, he is a first-time head coach, and it seems like a good position to be in. Yep, all right, final move of the day, which is, uh, I think, a, Kind of underlooked move, but pretty important. The Pelicans firing Stan Van Gundy after just one year. Uh, There's rumors Zion is not pleased with uh, the front office's lack of putting uh, good players around him, I guess is the correct verbiage there, um, which is pretty much the way he and his camp said it. So the Pelicans have uh, some decisions to make going forward. If I'm correct, the rumors stem from Zion Williamson's extended family on Twitter. Um, but I, uh, so I'm not sure how, 
uh, close to Zion they're coming from. It was mostly disapproval from his family. But Stan Mangani just didn't make sense to me in the first place when they first hired him. I mean, he's just putting an old guy like that with a aspiring star like Zion Williamson just didn't make sense to me. And the team didn't perform either. So we have uh, so many pieces on the team that give them a lot of options. I mean, Brandon Ingram was an all-star two years ago and he was like so irrelevant last season. So whoever comes there has uh, a lot to work with, but also, uh, I don't know, kind of, not big shoes to fill because they were never filled to begin with, but just kind of a lot on the table that it doesn't know. It's not like set in stone what's going to happen with this team. There's a lot of pressure with that job, I yeah, think, because um, in my opinion, Zion's been good. I don't think he's been he's been great yet. I don't think he can be complaining about not have about a lack of other stars around him. I think he's still got a lot of room to improve, and he has been improving. But you've got Brandon Ingram. Uh, Jackson Hayes is a little inconsistent. Same with Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Uh, this team, maybe the one spot they can improve is to get some shooting. They obviously deal J.J. Redick at the uh, deadline. But I think with a good coach, this team can be a playoff team. If they don't make the right move, though, they're going to stay towards the, the bottom of the West. Yeah, This, this might be actually the most important uh, coaching decision that a front office has to make. Yeah, I mean – I'm not saying it's unfortunate Zion ended up in New Orleans, but there's just so many questions with that team. They have so much talent, though. Like, Marin Ingram was most improved player and an all-star. And then Zion Williamson, I mean, he could be all NBA. He could have been all NBA this season. Personally, I think he was on the same level as Julius Randle or someone like that. But we'll probably talk about team US or the all NBA teams tomorrow. That might have been a sympathy vote. We'll see, we'll see what happens. I do think Zion Williamson has the promise to lead his team this next season, similar to the way Luka did. Obviously, it will be a different way. He's not hitting step-back clutch shots, but he was very dominant, and uh, hopefully he can uphold that. Yeah, and really it will be his second, his second full year since he missed so much of his rookie year. So he's got a full campaign under his belt. He should be ready to go next year. So uh, New Orleans, will, I'm sure we'll do a f- future episode about their – their franchise's future eventually, but uh, I think I, that's all we got for today. Any 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 last thoughts? Nope. All right, we'll see you tomorrow with some other June news. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then.